This is Caleb Suko. Hello, friends. You are listening to the Now is the Time podcast. Welcome to 2019. This is the first episode that I'm putting out this year. This is going to be, let's see, I think season five of the podcast. And you know, I've missed you. I've, I've missed this podcast. I, I, I miss this opportunity to be able to just talk a little bit, share about what's going on, share some of my thoughts on worship, on, on sharing the gospel, on uh, church ministries and all those things that we're involved in and, and doing here, which which is our passion and our privilege. So I'm glad to be back th- with this first episode of 2019. I hope one of many episodes. And I'm looking out the window right now. It's January here. It is cold. It is dark. When we get up, it's dark. When we go to bed, it's <laughs> of course when we go to bed, it's dark. When we get up, it's dark. And when we come home, it's dark. <laughs> unfortunately. Well, actually, days are getting a little bit longer now, but kind of a a cold. It's like it was raining today and then everything froze. Um, So that's kind of what we're dealing with here. But that being said, God is at work. And I want to share with you several reasons why I think that many believers do not grow in their faith. And it is significant, friends. This has recently really come up in my radar, just in my own experience, in my own walk with God, as I have noticed the significance of this this one problem that I'm going to talk about in a minute. But before we do, I want to give you a brief update of some of the things that have been going on here over the last Well, I just looked at my podcast episodes, and I think the last one was in October, and I'm sorry about that. That's just like way, way too long to be without an episode. But we've had a tremendously busy ministry-wise fall, and some wonderful, in fact, unexpected and wonderful opportunities for the gospel. But I know that many of you have who follow our prayer letter, who get our prayer letter. In fact, if you don't get it, you can go to sukofamily.org slash pray. I think you can sign up for it there. But anyway, if you get that, you know that over, let's see, end of November, um, there was a conflict with the Russian Navy and the Ukrainian Navy. We got, um, and as a result of that, the Russian Navy captured several Ukrainian Navy ships, and I think they still have them today, as well as the sailors. But we were put on martial law for a month, and that was was kind of unexpected. People got pretty nervous around here when that happened. That was, I think, November 2026th, right around there when when the martial law came into effect, right at the end of November. They said it was only for a month, and thankfully it was only for a month, but honestly, we, uh, thankfully, we did not really see much of a difference in the way of everyday life. There may have been a few more National Guard uh, patrols out during the day or during the night, but other than that, we didn't really see much of any change except that a lot of people got worried, and so we're very thankful that we've been able to continue the ministry here in Odessa, that we don't have to leave, there's no war here in Odessa. That being said, friends, I want you really to pray 
pray more fervently for our brothers and sisters in eastern Ukraine. And when I say eastern Ukraine, I mean Donetsk and Lugansk. You can look them up on a map there. Those are the areas that are controlled by the the separatist rebels. And you know, our brothers and sisters in the churches there are really, really in a difficult difficult position. We have a lot of freedoms here in Ukraine. They don't. A number of the churches that we have contact with have lost their facilities. In fact, I just saw in the news, I believe yesterday or the day before, one of my good friends there, one of our um, pastors that uh, we have um, had contact with, their church building was taken last year sometime. I don't remember exactly when. And I just saw that the government has turned it into what they call, what do they call it? Like a marriage palace or something like that. It's a, it's, it's a government office basically where they come to do their wedding vows and people get married or I think they do like birth certificates there. I'm not sure they do death certificates, but it's, it's sad. And, and I know that uh, I know personally of churches that are now meeting in apartments because they are legally not allowed to meet anywhere else. And they are very limited in how much they can share the gospel, how they can share the gospel, with who they can share the gospel. So it's it's difficult, very difficult, but the ministry continues on. Churches do continue there, even though many people have left, and those people need your prayers. And so we appreciate your prayers for our brothers and sisters in in eastern Ukraine. I want to share with you a another kind of brief update to something that really we've been doing this over the fall and the winter here, and that is outreach to international students here in Odessa. I realize that uh, our church is actually situated right between a number of schools, universities, or technical schools, and they bring in students from a lot of different countries in the world. We have st- We've met students from many North African countries, uh, Sudan, Cameroon, Ghana, Nigeria, Guinea, uh, Morocco. Uh, Also from, we met students from the Middle East, let's see, Egypt, I think I forgot there. Uh, And then students from the Middle East, uh, we've met students from uh, Palestine or Israel, but the... um, uh, Arabs uh, from Israel, so Palestine, I guess they might say, uh, Yemen, um, we uh, see Turkey, uh, also China, India, the, a, a lot of a lot of students from from different countries, and as you can imagine, from different backgrounds, uh, including uh, Christianity, but also Islam and Hindu and communism, and so. We have uh, developed and um, began to work with these students, uh, going out and getting to know them, building relationships with them. And we have a Russian club that now meets uh, in in our facility. And it's just it's just been really interesting to to watch God's leading in all of this. And I want to share with you a a brief story, but unfortunately, 
I cannot share with you any kind of details. And I, I've been thinking about this for a long time. It's like, how do I share with you a story when I can't share with you the details about this person or their name or where they're from or anything like that? But let, let, let me just say it like this. Recently, a number of months back, met a, a person here and uh, began to slowly get to know them. Found out that they're from a country where I think you could pretty much say it's it's illegal to be a Christian. Yeah, this person was very open to us. And we um, have known them for a few months. Found out recently that they were going back to this country. And we prayed about it. We were very nervous about it. But we were able to present them with a Bible in their language. And I would ask you to to pray for this person. God knows who it is. And um, pray for their safety. And pray for a response of faith. I can tell you that um, when you begin to share the gospel with, with people who have never heard it before, never never seen a Bible before, because it's it's completely it's it's illegal in their country. There's a, there's a lot of thoughts that that go through your mind, and and I found myself in that situation numerous times over the last couple of months. And what I found, and this is kind of the bridge to what I want to talk to you about now. What I found is that sharing the gospel strengthens my own faith. Sharing the gospel strengthens my own faith in a way that I am really not sure anything else can. And so I, the, the topic for our I guess, discussion here today is uh, I t- entitled it one big reason many Christians never grow in their faith, or at least they don't grow very much in their faith. And that one big reason is really is because they don't share their faith. You see, th- there's when you think about what it takes to grow in our faith, we always I think it's in evangelical circles we tend to go back to things like well you need to read your bible you need to pray you need to go to church those things are vital they must be there but if we think about growing and strengthening our faith let's just make the analogy of the human body okay you want to become stronger. And I'm going to tell you, you need to eat well. You need to drink water. You need to make sure you're getting the rest you need. You need to get massages. You need, you know, that's all wonderful. And that's all maybe necessary. Well, I don't know if the massages are necessary, but they might be helpful. Okay, but yeah, you have to eat well if you're going to get stronger. You have to drink water. You have to be hydrated. You have to get your rest, but it's missing an element. And what is that element? 
It's the element that is so often missing in people's lives who are trying to grow in their faith. Here's the problem that I see in much of the Western church, I don't know, maybe in just the church in general, is that when we think of growing in our faith, we become very self-centered. We begin to look inward at us and say, okay, well, let's see, what can I do for myself so that I can grow, so that I can be strong? I don't think that's, that's really in the Bible. I mean, yeah, we need to be introspective just in the sense that we need to be able to clearly see our own sins so that we can repent and change and make bring our lives under the authority of God's word and in line with his truth. But to be so introspective, to think, well, I need this and give me this. And well, that preacher didn't really do it for me. So I'm going to try this preacher. And maybe this book will be the key to my spiritual growth. Or maybe that book will be the key to my spiritual growth. We become very self-centered in our pursuit of our growth in our faith. And that, friends, is the exact thing that is going to hinder us from growing in our faith. So what is the element that we're missing in this equation? It's the same element that is missing in that analogy that I gave you. Yes, you need to eat well. You need to get your rest. You need to drink fluids. And then you need to stress your muscles. Yes, without that stress, without that work, without that exercise you will not you'll grow you'll just grow wider you'll just grow a thicker layer of fat but you will not strengthen yourself and so the same is true when it comes to our faith friends we need the bible we need prayer we need to go to church we need to listen to those sermons maybe we can read some other good books Maybe we, it'd be good if we had some fellowship and encouragement of other believers. But we have to exercise our faith. And I understand that exercising our faith can look, can take on different forms. Sometimes exercising our faith is about ministry in the church, ministry to others, doing the right thing in difficult circumstances. But I'm convinced that one of the greatest ways that we can exercise our faith is by sharing our faith. Friends, I, I know this. I mean, I'm speaking to you from personal experience. Because in the last couple of months, you know, I've come to times where I think about sharing my faith with so-and-so who comes from a background that doesn't know anything about the Bible, that, that it could be even dangerous for them to have a Bible if they were back in that country where they came from. And I think, oh man, God, what am I going to do here? I, I, I lack the trust that I need to know that if my sharing of of the gospel is going to produce results here. And I have to go back to God's word. I have to go back to God in prayer. I have to go back to my own faith, reassure myself. And then I have to go and begin that exercise of sharing the gospel. And so let me give you a couple of reasons or a couple of ways in which sharing your faith will 
strengthen your faith. And I think it's really the missing element for many, many people in why they are not seeing good spiritual growth in their life. And the first is this. In order to share your faith, friends, you have to know your faith. And this this becomes so evident. Uh, you know, I've been studying the Bible for a while now. I'm 41 years old. I went to Bible college. I went to seminary. I grew up in the church. And you would think, oh, I know all the answers. Yet still there are times, oftentimes, when I'm confronted with questions where I'm thinking, man, I got to go back. I got to study that one up. And Peter tells us, he said, we need to be ready, prepared to give an answer to people. And I think that's one of the, the amazing ways is that sharing your faith strengthens your faith is because you begin to think about your faith, not with the mind of somebody who has always gone to church and always been surrounded by people who believe and think the way they think, but you begin to think about your faith a little bit from the outside to say, wait a minute, why this? Why is that true? Why do I believe that the New Testament is accurate? Why do I believe that Jesus is God? Where did he say that he's God? Why did Jesus say that the Father is greater than him? All these questions come up and you have to answer them. And as in that process of answering them, your faith, your faith is strengthened. The second thing that I think really has an effect as we, as we share our faith in helping us to grow is that, friends, when you share your faith, you are bound to encounter difficulties. And it is in those difficulties that we most clearly see God. We most clearly see his care his faithfulness, his leading, the absolute truth of his word. And those difficulties, what they do is when we approach them with faith, they strengthen our faith, they embolden us. And I'm reminded how Paul told the Philippians in chapter 1, verse 12 and 13, he said, hey, don't, I'm paraphrasing here, by the way, don't worry about me, my imprisonment has emboldened others to preach the gospel and certainly it emboldened him if you read later in that chapter where he says hey listen everybody knows that i'm a christian here now because i have shared it with these guards so those difficulties they they, they really serve to strengthen our faith if you want an easy life don't share the gospel you want everything to just be non-conflict, happy with everyone, no problems. Don't share the gospel. But if you want to grow in your faith, share the gospel, but expect there to be difficulties. Expect there to be some conflict. But those are there to strengthen your faith. And that, that really kind of brings the, these next couple ones are really closely connected. But 
when we share our faith, friends, it is amazing how much it forces us to trust in God's power. How many times have I thought about the person or the people that I want to share the gospel with? And I think, how in the world are they going to accept this message? And then I remind, oh, by the way, <laughs> God is powerful. God can do this. Yeah, not, not everyone responds positively to the gospel, but God can do this. And he has a way of surprising us by saving the people that we most thought would never listen to the gospel and never respond. And, and that strengthens your faith because you realize I've got to trust in God's power here or else because I know that this this is just not likely to work out if God is not involved in it. And and I'm also reminded here of Paul and, and his the whole really big part of first chapter of first Corinthians where he reminds the Corinthians that Paul didn't come to them with all kinds of flash and bang and wow and amazement. He came to them with the power of the gospel, which he calls folly to everyone else. Um, let, let me read this text here. It's 1 Corinthians 1, starting in verse 17, where Paul tells the Corinthians, For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel and not with words of eloquent wisdom, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. And if you've had experience sharing the gospel, you know that there is this moment where you just realize, okay, God, this is in your hands. You got to do this. This, this, this is yours. And, and in fact, I've found that there's this, this lack in me, I guess, of trust in God's word sometimes. When I think, and, and, and what I counsel people to in sharing the gospel is, is focus more on God's word. Like let God's word do the work because it is powerful. It is true. And that's what the Holy Spirit uses to convict and so, so really sharing the gospel, and this is really sort of the next point here, is it becomes an, an exercise of, of the truths of God's word. How much do you really trust God's word here? How much do you trust that, that this truth, if the person reads it, the Holy Spirit can use it in their heart to convict of sin, to show them the truth of Christ, and to turn their hearts to Christ in faith? Do you believe that the word is powerful enough to do that? Or do you think that you need to use a lot of kind of tricks and fancy things and impress them with this and that and the other thing? Oh, friends, we, we don't need any of that. The only thing we need is, is Christ shining through us, through simple love of Christ that comes through us combined with the, the power of the Holy Spirit through his word. That's enough. We need, to, we need to trust it. And our faith will be strengthened as we 
put more of our trust into God's word and share the gospel. Two more things, friends. Two more things. I'm almost done here. <laughs> uh, the next one is uh, sharing the gospel is a great way to remind yourself of how weak you really are. I mean, I talked about the power of God. We, yeah, we have to trust the power of God. But we also have to recognize our weakness. And I just feel like every time I share the gospel, it's just, it is this constant reminder that, Caleb, you can't do this. This is not your thing. They will not come to faith because you are such an amazing or eloquent or gifted orator or, or amazing debater or anything like that. This is about God and his power. Paul talks about that in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, where he says, you know, we're, we are like broken vessels. But God uses those broken vessels to show his power and, and his greatness. And it's so important for us to, to be reminded of that as we share the gospel. That, that helps us to, to grow. Okay, and the last one, last one is this. If you're going to share your faith, friends, you got to pray. Paul tells Ephesians, hey, pray for me. Pray for me. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 19, that, that I'd have boldness that to, to share the gospel, basically, is what he's saying. Pray for me. And and I know that uh, the guys I work with here, that's one of the things that we've really noticed, that before we have these opportunities to share the gospel, we pray. Last time that uh, I had that opportunity, we prayed together and and then we went and, and we shared and uh, we gave a Bible out and I worried about it because I knew that the person that we gave it to is going to be traveling to a country where it is quite, could be quite dangerous for him to be actually in possession of that Bible. But I thought, you know, we prayed about this. God's got this. Let his word work. Let the Holy Spirit work and trust. So it, 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 it brings your, your prayer, I guess for me anyway, to sort of this new level where it, it drives you to prayer. I mean, it's not like, you know, I get up in the morning, I pray like, okay, God, you know, bless my day, take care of my family and help me do a good job at work and da, da, da. Okay. But it, sometimes you pray those prayers and I'm like, yeah, but you know, I kind of, Everything's probably going to be okay anyway, you know, but I'll just, we'll, we'll pray, make sure, get the bases covered, you know, that I feel good about myself and I'll go on with the day. No, friends, that's, that's not the kind of prayer I'm talking about. You begin to share the gospel, you will be driven to prayer. You will be down here and you say, oh God, I, I, I long for the salvation of this person and I know I can't do it. I beg if you please work in their hearts. Bring them to faith. I'm going to talk to them. And I know that, that I'm weak and my words are not enough. Your Holy Spirit has to work. You are driven to prayer. And friends, that, that's a sign that you're growing in your faith. So I, f I hope that was helpful to you, friends. Uh, just some thoughts that I had here recently that came from some of my experiences of, of sharing my
my faith and I hope that you have opportunities to share your faith as well. Remember, there's 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 people all around you. Many of them, most of them probably are not really aware of the true gospel message. So you've got opportunities all around you to grow in your faith. All right, friends, that is enough for this first episode of 2019. I'm excited to do some more episodes. I want to share with you some more of our ideas, ministry plans coming up. We have a busy, exciting next couple of months. going to be traveling to eastern Ukraine. I'm actually going to be even in the States in March in LA for about a week going to the Shepherds Conference if you're around I'd love to see you while I'm there I will talk more about some of those things in further episodes some ministries that are coming up some ways that you can partner with us but for now friends be blessed if you have any questions let me know via our website go to superfamily.org ask send me a note on any of our social media accounts uh, but you can always get a hold of us by going to sukofamily.org slash ask. Friends, blessings to you. May your faith be strengthened as you share the gospel message.